Wow. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening, everybody. Uh, it's great to be here. It's great to have y'all here. Um, it's great to have uh, Sam hosting us tonight. That was really great to have Sam at the beginning of the night. It's really great to have Brad Jones here as well. And everybody give a living room welcome to Brad Jones. So everybody say, what's up? Um, I'm going to introduce Brad in just a second. I want to just say something. How many of you have had to fight major traffic, like major traffic? Okay, we tried to tell you, okay? <laughs> and I, I don't know if we could have told you enough in advance. And I just want to tell you, it's going to be like that for the next two weeks. So I just... Please, I mean, it's gonna, they're going to do their best. We're going to do our best to try to make it better. But I, I have a feeling it's not going to get that much better just because we don't have that many options. And um, so just please try to get here earlier. Like, try to get here around 7, 7.15-ish. Like, I know that's a lot earlier, but we'll hang out here and eat great food. Um, Hal always cooks us great food. So hopefully you enjoyed the meatloaf and the green beans tonight. So anyway, just wanted to get that out to you. Um, I want to introduce Brad to you. This is Brad Jones, and um, Brad is a great friend. Um, He's also the community group leader for Stripe Green. Any Stripe Green in the house tonight? Thank you. Are there any neon blue in the house? Neon blue in the house? Wow, I think we might have gotten you there, Brad. We're praying for you. (laughs) Hold on. Anybody that wasn't in neon blue or striped green and doesn't care about those two colors, if you went to Passion, anybody else? I think that group wins. I think that group wins. So, what, what was that back there? Any striped red in the house? Striped orange? That's way back. They're hey, going back to 2011. We so. got to keep it, you know, keep it going. Let me tell you real quick. I'm really excited about Brad. Let me introduce Brad Horton to you no. real quick. Hold on. Oh my God. This is how this is going to go tonight. You're the guest. Uh, You're the guest. <laughs> This guy, um, I'm happy to be here. I was trying to play the silent game for a minute and just not talk and act like I was stage fright. You know, I had stage fright, but it didn't really go so well for me. But this guy is an awesome friend, and uh, you guys are so fortunate to have him as the college pastor. And um, I know people thought that because you started yelling when he came on stage, but he's a really, really great friend of mine, and uh, he's a legend. And I'm not just saying that. He's a legend uh, around the country in college ministry circles. Like, he knows... He probably knows more college mascots than all of us in here combined. And then he knows, like, the college ministers on those college campuses, which is, well, it, maybe they've all gone they, to do something now. Um, but, but anyway, that's a little short Brad Horton introduction. So I had One this, more thing to no, say. No, 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 no. Okay. I had this thing planned, and now it's going to look like I'm responding. But yeah. I just want to tell you about Brad real quick. Brad, I wrote my own bio, if you yeah. might, wouldn't mind reading that <laughs> thank for you, me thank real you. quick. Listen, uh, Brad um, works at Passion. and um, True. And it's amazing how he got there. He got there because he was serving Passion during the world tour several years ago, about three years ago now. Three years ago? Three years and, ago, yeah. Uh, and so um, he took a leave of absence of his job um, to serve Passion, and he um, became this guy on the road for them that would figure out how to get 30 people traveling around the world. Something would go wrong in their travel arrangements, and Brad had to figure out how to get all 30 people to the next country or next venue or whatever was going on. And so he kind of became the navigator for the world tour. And so um, after the world tour was over, Passion being the ministry that they are, they're so unique. They're so high capacity. I just want to tell you, the people that work at Passion have huge capacity to get things done. And so they realized, Louis realized pretty quickly after they got off the world tour, 
we need a guy like Brad Jones in our office. And they actually hired Brad to come from Texas to be here. And his title, this is pretty cool, his title is called Navigator. Okay? <laughs> That's what he is. He, and so People are like, Brad, are you a G- built-in GPS system yeah. or something? And I'm like, yeah, I but guess it, that wasn't funny. You didn't want to laugh at that joke? <laughs> welcome to the living welcome room. Welcome to the living room. So, uh, Tough crowd. Anyway. Tough um, crowd. But, but here's Come the on, thing. Logan. Come on, man. Laugh at me. Come on. You're checking your phone back there, bro. Yeah. This is He's a thing. friend of mine, so I can this, take on This him. is the thing about Brad. I just want to say this. Um, he, he is one of those guys that has enormous capacity to get things done. And um, right now, he's the high school pastor, the college pastor, Louis' assistant. He's the striped green yeah. community group leader, you know, which is great and all that. But he's also a husband, by the way, to yeah. Brittany, and um, she is amazing as well. Yeah. And so, um, but here's the thing that's so special about Brad. Brad has a passion and a gift to serve people. And everything that Brad does, it's all about people. And I'm, that, this might be the whole talk for some of you tonight, that it's, it's always people first with Brad. And that's what he's so gifted at. It's why he's so special and why he can do so many unique roles at Passion because of what he can get done as he serves people. And that's been a huge encouragement and challenge to me as I've gotten to know him, and he's a great friend, and we're Thank so you. glad that you're Thank here you. Thank you. tonight. Wow. So, it's better than what I had written down. Okay, so, um, so Brad, we're in the yeah. series called Renown, yes. and um, we're in part three. We're going to actually take on two declarations because I here didn't finish go. last week. Yep. And so I would love for you to kick us off tonight yeah. and give us the review of what we've covered so far totally. by telling us about Isaiah 26.8. Yeah, I love it. Love that, um, you know, in the room, it's such a privilege. I hope you don't take that for granted, by the way. You know, I know it's a normal Tuesday night for you. You're at the living room. You're at Buckhead Church. You're in a room full of college students. It's like the norm, you know. But, um, I, you know, even getting the chance to go around the world with passion and, you know, see gatherings of university students around the world, like, this is not the norm you get the chance to come with your generation. I know, you know, uh, all over the city there's, you know, larger college gatherings, but it's awesome, you know, to know that in this room are a bunch of people who love Jesus that are, you know, college students that are university aged if you're not in school. And it's like just to think about the potential that's in that room. And that's what, um, you know, my life has become all about. Brad's life is all, all about. The passion movement, the, the living room, Buckhead's college ministry is raising up a generation that's not living what the rest of your classmates are living for. That's not living, you know, for the things of this world and just, hey, how can I get to the top of the ladder, you know, and I've got, I look good, I'm famous, I've got all my needs met, I got the best job, you know, whatever everybody else is living for. But how can I live for what matters most? And that's what, you know, Brad felt led by the Holy Spirit to take on this 268 declaration because that's what it is. It's been calling a generation just like you, just like in your seat since 1997. It's a God thing. It's not a Louis thing. It's not like a bunch of people just got around the table and organized this thing. It's just been this God thing, really has, just breathed out all over the country and all over the world. And it's coming around the heartbeat of what's it look like to live for what matters most. And that's where you want to be and I want to be as young people. I'm a little bit older than you, not as old as Brad. Just a one quick age joke real quick. But, um, <clears throat> but um, Brad, somebody the other day was shocked that I was 30, you know, and I was like, I guess I took that as a compliment, but I wasn't sure. But anyway, back to my point, it's, that's where you and I want to be. It's like we have a chance. We have one life, and we want to live it for what matters most, and that's the declaration. It's yes, Lord, 
I love that part right there. It's just answering the question or answering it before you even ask the question because who's asking it? Not, you're not asking me, I'm not asking you. It's not your mom or your dad or your professor or, you know, your boss or, you know, whoever, your friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, you know, the person you wish is your boyfriend or girlfriend. They're not asking you the question. And it's Jesus, Lord, God, creator, ruler, sovereign, asking you the question. The answer is going to be yes. When you get a really clear vision of who's asking you, you know, that question. It says, yes, Lord, walking in the way of your truth, we wait eagerly for you, for your name and your renown. Y'all talked about the last couple weeks, renown, that memory that will never fade away. And that's the whole lasting forever part. God's name, God's renown, God's kingdom are going to last forever. Everything else in the world is not going to last forever. So how can you and I, this generation, point our lives to that? Yes, Lord, we are going to wait for your name, for your renown, the desire of our soul. And one thing Brad talked about that I loved, 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 is the thought, thought of just thinking of that verse. It's just how do we walk in the way of your truth and how do we wait eagerly for you? How do those two things prove true? Like what, are the, what does that look like for you as a, you know, a sophomore at Georgia Tech or as a junior at Emory? Or what, what does that look like to walk in the way of your truth and wait eagerly for you? And that's what are these like anchors of these, you know, of this declaration that y'all started at number two last week. We're going to finish it. And then, you know, three, four, and five, it's like those are anchors for you to hold on to. And it's a really a practical look. That's why Brad wants to put that before you. It's like this is what it looks like to walk in his truth and to wait for him. And that's what you want to do. You want to be somebody that's for the renown of Jesus. So just tell me how to do that. So that's where we're going. So how was that for my first that, shot? That do I need is to, awesome. That do I need great. to leave that the stage great. at no, this point? No, okay. that was great. Great <laughs> review. Great yeah, review. Thank you. So um, we're going to put up. The, we're going to pick up where we left off last week with the second declaration. We'll put it up on the screen for yeah. you. It says, "Because Christ established the church for God's glory, I will invest the gifts He has given me in the life and mission of my local church." And then it has a prayer. Every declaration has a prayer. It says. God, give me a greater love for your church, the body of Christ. And so last week, I said that there was a problem. I said, and the problem was, it was actually the problem was in this room. I said, the problem was me. The problem was you. That There is a generation out there that is forsaking, that is leaving the local church. And what I was trying to say in, in, a, in a really fast way last week is that the problem in America and the problem around the world really is that the world doesn't get to see the church for what it actually should be. Okay, we don't see the church the way it should be. And Brad's going to get to a passage in just a moment to explain what I mean by that. But I'll try to explain that. It's like people aren't getting the full picture. And so for me, I was always critical of the church. I was always having a problem with the church. I didn't like the church. I was like, Jesus, I love you, but I don't like the church. And then it hit me one day. God kind of spoke to me one day. He's like, you can't say that. You can't say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. I know there's a YouTube, you know, video that's just blowing up, you know. It's like, I hate religion, but I love Jesus, you know. And that's, and, and I'm for that. That's a great video. If you haven't seen it, go Google it tonight. It's incredible, okay? It's good it's stuff. It's like 17 million views it's or something crazy. like that. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, it's just blowing up. It keeps going. Have y'all seen that? Everybody seen that? You know, it's spoken word. Okay. I just want to make sure y'all are, you know, still, you know, not studying too hard. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. But you can't say, I love Jesus, but I don't like the church. I mean, you can say that, but the fact is, you don't really love Jesus if you're saying that, because Jesus is all about the church. 
And so for me, this whole thing is very personal for me because I am, I'm in the job that I am in today. I'm here because I want to see students get connected to the local church because we, every single one of us, need to make a difference by getting involved, getting connected, and finding out how we're wired. And so we're going to talk about that tonight, but there's some things that you can do to change this, to change this about our generation. Because here's the facts. The facts are that God is going to raise up a generation that's going to carry out his great commission through the local church. I really believe it. I believe he's going to raise up a generation that's going to take the name of Jesus around the world, carry the name of Jesus wherever the gospel needs to go. And I believe he's going to do it through the local church. And so the question is, who is that generation going to be? And I want to be a part of that generation. I don't want God to pass this generation by and go, I don't think this is the generation that's going to take up the cause. So there's some things that I think you can do to help us, help us be a part of this generation. And there's three things we're going to unpack for you. The first is we have to see the church the way God sees the church. Good. We have to see the church the way God sees the church. And the first thing is the church matters to him more than we realize. And I don't know if you know that, but I mean, Jesus Christ laid down his life. Yes, he laid it down for you and me, but he laid it down for the church. And the church matters to God. So if you're critical of the church, you're critical of God. You're critical of the bride of Christ. And I used that terminology last week. We looked at that Ephesians 5 passage. But God defines the church as the bride of Christ. And that's just an analogy, okay? And that's what we mean. If you're, if you're new here tonight or you don't, you know, not really sure what this personal relationship with Christ is all about, but he refers to the church as the bride. So we are a part of the bride of Christ. And so there's this passage in Ephesians 5. It's like no one ever hated their own body. And see, we're a part of the body of Christ. And so for us to be critical of our own body... That's not really helpful. And so the first thing you need to know is the church matters to him more than we realize. Second, I've already said it. His plan and purpose is to carry out the Great Commission through the local church. And then finally, he calls us and expects us to be a part of it. He expects every believer to be a part of it. In fact, he's got a specific purpose for every single one of you in the church. Every single one of you, that you matter to God and you have a purpose. We're going to unpack that some more. But the second thing you need to know. You're doing so good. I'm going to sit over here and okay. stand on the side. I know. You're, I, you better be gearing up because I need you to come <laughs> this is awesome. strong. Because you're going to no, bring this it. This is bring awesome. It. So good. So um, thanks. I appreciate the encouragement. Second thing. We have to. No, second. Per, can we move on? That's great. Consumer to communer. We need to move from consumer to communer. Okay. To what? Yeah, I said it. So we need to move from consumer to communer. I looked that up in the dictionary. Communer. I don't think that's a word. It's not. It's not a it's word. It's okay, guys. He didn't Thanks. go to a real university. It's oh, okay. Gosh. I don't think it's in there. That's he bad. He went to a Christian Okay, school, he went to ba- Texas A&M. Uh-huh. I went to Baylor. Texas A&M's our big rival. Big rival? Yeah, so. <laughs> you Sorry. guys beat us in football once, yeah. and then yeah. you call yeah. us a big rival. Who, who won the Heisman Trophy this year? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, how's that basketball team doing, by yeah, the way, stop it. So, yeah. uh, um, Anyway, 
I'm only enjoying I'm gonna start it taking down like cause... tech students or something <laughs> if I uh, rag on them. You got to move from consumer to communer. And last week we talked about being a church dater. And a church dater asks the question, what can the church do for me? And I don't know if you know about this, but I mean, you're a part of a generation that is a consumer mentality. And it's all about what's in it for me. What am I going to get out of it? And the consumer asks that question, what can the church do for me? And the communer is not a word. I fully admit it. It was the only thing that kind of, <laughs> I made that word up, okay? But a communer is about having, being a part of the community. It's about being a part of the community. And it's about being a part of, of, of a culture that says, I want to create community here. That's what it is. So you got to move from the consumer mentality to saying, I want to be a communer. I want to be a part of this community. And so the way you do that is you join the church. You join a local church. And this isn't about Buckhead Church or Passion City Church, although I celebrate both of those churches, and it's awesome that we can do this together tonight. But we want you to commit to a church. And if you're a freshman, I get it that you haven't committed yet because you're still trying to check things out. That's okay. But some of you upperclassmen, it's time that you commit to a church, that you get involved. And what I mean by that is the second part, that you need to go to your leaders and say, hey, I'm available. I'm available. Here's the passage, Hebrews 13, 17. It says, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. And see, what that is all about is that's about you joining the church. Because if you're not a part of a church, they don't know you're there. They don't know that you're supposed to submit to their authority. This is what happens when you do that. So they keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy. I love that, okay? Obey your leaders so that it will be joyful for them to work for you, lead you, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. And it's no advantage to you, and it's no advantage to the kingdom. It's no advantage for the church. If you're not, you know, saying, hey, here I am. I'm available, and I want to serve. I want to get involved. I want to help make this place the best church it can possibly be. I want to reflect Jesus to the world through the church. And that's what needs to happen there. So it's, it's, it's you know, consumer to communer. Let's join the church. Let's raise up a generation that says, hey, we're available to the church. And then after that happens, Brad's going to tell us the next step that's so important here, so why don't you dive in, Yeah, Brad? before, um, I love all of that, yeah. and um, I think that really became, like, made sense to me and, like, really hit home with me when I started thinking about when I was in college, and uh, partly on the church side of things, and I'll get to that in a minute, but um, even more so, like, in my classes, uh, Brad mentioned I went to the future SEC, SEC powerhouse, Texas A&M, and, um, and not really, and um, we're going to get hammered, but... Um, <laughs> I, if I look back on my college career, my five, not, no kidding, the four of my five lowest grades that I made were all in 8 a.m. classes. And I was like, that cannot be like a coincidence that that's, you know, you know, my lowest grades coincided being the earliest class possible in the morning, which I was stupid for taking those. Yes, I admit it. But sometimes they didn't have a way around it. And it was, and so like even one instance, I went to the professor at the end of the semester, I had an 87 or 77 or whatever it was, I was like, just, I tried to make myself sound better than I really was, you know, <laughs> five lowest grades were a B, but um, it's like, if I could just get three more points, I'll get to that next level, and I was like, hey man, it's just three points, could you just bump me up, could you just help me out a little bit, thinking my personality might help a little bit, he's like, hey man, no offense, but you didn't show up before 8.30 every, single, every day all semester, and I was like, 
good point. And um, I didn't have any ground to stand on. And that's kind of, that was my mentality all throughout college. It was like, I didn't invest into that education. I just tried to coast through and I just tried to get the, you know, whatever I needed out of it, which was the grade. And so if that meant cramming for a test and I studied, you know, eight hours before the test, you know, straightforward. And then I just went and spit it all out and then I was done with it, you know. And then I just forgot all that information. That was the thing. I look back, I got this finance major from Texas A&M. And I'm like, um, I don't remember any of it. And I wasted a beautiful chance to learn, uh, you know, have an incredible education because I didn't put anything into it. And that's what we're coming around with this whole church thing and this this statement the declaration is dive in be a part of and it, it, the phrase that's always stuck with me in life is the more you put into something the more you'll get out of it and God backs that up he said draw near to me and I will draw near to you they can say you want to find me just come you come looking for me you will find me you want my me to open the door to you then just you got to come knocking on the door and it's you and I putting that effort Instead of just waiting to that consumer mentality, it's like, come to me, what you got for me, what can you do for me, I'm here to receive, I'm here to receive. It's like, no, we got to put ourselves out there. And a verse that really hit home for me about the church, I just, I just pray that, that tonight something would happen in your heart and you would get it and it would be more than you just sitting in a seat tonight. And um, I'm going to read off this piece of paper and the point we're coming around is find out how you're gifted and go serve. Um, but because my translation is a little bit different, it says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I love that last little bit. Brad's been talking about, hey, we haven't seen a complete picture of the church yet. And that's saying, hey, we will start seeing the full measure, the whole measure, what the church is supposed to be. The way God created it is when we start living out Ephesians chapter four. It says God's given people. Yeah, he's raised up pastors. He's raised up teachers. He's raised up evangelists. Some of them are incredible teachers, like the two men on stage tonight. They're the, some of the best, you know, sitting in this room. I'm kidding. I'm not that cocky. Um, just totally kidding. But God has raised up pastors and teachers, and you've had people in your life since you were however long you've been in the church. And their role is not to do all the work for you. It's to prepare you to do the work, to prepare God's people for works of service. And so the hope is that this would be a couple hundred students that come in here, get pastored or a part of something, get nurtured, get built up, get invested and become, have some accountability, have some community or encouraged in their walk with the Lord and, you know, encouraged to do incredible things in their life and encouraged to live for the glory of God. And then we all go out to our different places or we all go to different parts of the church in different ages and we invest and we use our gifts because we've all been given gifts. And then we would all do the service because you can only do so much, one person. And you can only do so much, another person. But if we're all using our gifts that God's given us, just think about how the body of Christ can be built up. It's not just a pastor or a teacher or evangelist, but it's you going, you know, maybe the inside out or you going to your dorm room, you know, and living out God's given me a gift and I want to use it you know he's given me a heart for young people so I'm going to find 
I'm going to find, you know, the kids around here. I'm going to start raise, helping raise them up to be lovers of Jesus. I got gifts. God loves his church. And he's going to build it up, and he wants me to, use, he wants me to be a part of it. And that's what you need to be thinking. God loves his church. And he's asked me to help him build it. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that an incredible invitation? It's a whole lot more than just showing up to something on a Tuesday night. So be thinking how you can invest your gifts in the church, the big C church, the kingdom of God, the body of Christ all over the world, bringing people to be a part of it, experiencing the love and the joy of Jesus and that he has to offer. And specifically at this place, attach yourself to a a church, whether it be here or another church, and say, this is the place that God's calling me to use my gifts, be a part of a community, be grown up, be nurtured. And and that's when we're going to see the full measure, the full measure that it's talking about in Ephesians chapter 4. Sorry, I almost fell that breath. No, that's Sorry. great. Yep. That's great stuff. So this is the thing, and I love that. It, but this is what's so great about you and where you are in life right now, is that you're in the best season of your life to figure out how you're gifted. Because you're college students. I'm just going to tell you right now, the expectations for, for you at churches are very, very low. Yep. Very low. And people don't, they don't think you're going to show up on Sunday morning. They don't think you're going to actually come back the next week. And like when you volunteer, they're just, they're, the expectations are low. And, and you can actually fail at your responsibility. And they're going to be like, yep, they're college students. You know, what would you expect? <laughs> okay. But what's amazing about your opportunity right now is you can figure out right now by serving and getting involved how you're wired and what gets you so excited right now. And there are some people in the room right now that are doing this right now here. And, uh, and one of them is Miss Alex Park right there. And then Jamie right there as well beside her. Both of them, they serve here in Upstreet, which is our kindergarten through fifth grade group on Sunday morning. There's small group leaders there. David Gutley is somewhere in the room. I don't know where you are, David. And David's right here. He serves in our upstreet as well. And then uh, Austin Red, where are you? Where's Austin? I saw you earlier. Austin, Sunday afternoon. Good thing you showed up. Or he was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, Austin difficult. and Zach Rogers in the back. They both serve at Inside Out. Austin's here at Buckhead. Zach Rogers all the way up at Brownsbridge Community Church, serving every Sunday afternoon, doing that, plugging away, going for it. It's amazing, and then I think you all know Jade in the back, Jade King, our producer. Yeah, you can give it up for Jade. Yeah. Jade is like, I just, Jade has taken this to a whole nother level, okay? When you do it at Jade's level, you actually get hired to do things around here, <laughs> and it's crazy, but she, she graduated Georgia State, but we wouldn't let her leave because she's going around for her double major so that she could just stick around with us. I really think it was just to stick around with us. Anybody right else then? double major? And no, so, um, one. Okay. But this is crazy. Jade took this group. Of, she was a small group leader in Upstreet, okay? Kindergarten through fifth grade. Every Sunday morning, plugging away, doing this, okay? She transitioned them to middle school. She's now in the middle school ministry, still plugging away with these same group of girls. Just loving on them, being there for them, just pouring out every Sunday morning for them. But she also serves on our production team on Sunday. So she comes back on Sunday afternoons after she's already served in the mornings. And then she comes here on Tuesday night. She's crazy, okay? But she's figured out how she's been wired, what God's gifted her to do. And she's so, she has many gifts. And many of you have many gifts, and you don't know it yet. 
And I just want you to figure that out because this is the time to figure it out. Because you'll, I'm telling you, you're not going to be fully alive until you figure this out. Because you've got to discover how God's wired you. And he has a specific gift for you and a specific purpose for you to carry out and use that gift to proclaim his name in this world. And so that's what we want you to know about this. I think I'm supposed to ask you a question about church hopping. Mm-hmm. I really want to ask you that question. We don't have much time. But can you just say something about church hopping maybe? Do you have anything totally. to say about that? I think it goes back to when I was in college, and, um, it, and it's that phrase, the more you put into things, the more you'll get out of that. And so the negative of that, if you don't put much in, you're not going to get much out of it. And then you're going to be like wondering, well, why am I not like satisfied, or why don't, am I not feeling fulfilled, or like I'm growing? And you just got to dive in. And um, I'm a huge Brad fan. I'm a huge Buckhead fan. I'm friends with a lot of college ministers in this city, as is Brad. And there's just some amazing college ministries, amazing churches in this city. It's awesome. It's a really good dilemma to have, if I, you know, if you're a college student in Atlanta area. It's like, golly, it's a difficult choice, you know, but we'll get to it in a minute because it's really all about unity, but when I was in college, I never dove into a church, and I look back, and I'm so disappointed because I didn't feel that connection. I don't have that, you know, those shared experiences of the kingdom of God advancing and investing in other, you know, the lives of other people with people that I was a part of a community with. I just never latched on and connected to a community. And it's so awesome when that happens. And I went then to work at a a church after college. It was some of the best days of my life, just a small church in Texas that you've never heard of and you might not ever. And it's like, that was awesome, being a part of a local community of believers living out what God's calling us to do in the context of the community. So whether it be at Buckhead or whatever church in the city, I would just in, you know, encourage you to find a home, pray about it, let God lead you, and you just say, I'm investing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this my home and invest my gifts there. No, that's so. great. And just so you know, I, I am not about, hey, we want you to go serve in our kids' ministry here, you know, or we're trying to have this talk tonight so that you get involved. We want you to get involved in a church, and that's all that matters to us, okay? It is not about Buckhead Church or Passion City Church or any other. Because some of you don't go here, and that's okay. We're not trying to get you to go here. I'm just telling you, you need to plug in somewhere. And that's the bottom line. We want you to plug in. And that will make both of us happy because you're, you're making a difference, yeah. okay? So that's what it's about. So this declaration has a prayer at the end of it. It says, um, God, give me a greater love for your church, the body of Christ. Yeah. And that's what we want. Well, that's what we want for you. We want you to have a greater love for the church, the body of Christ. Yeah. We're going to pray that at the end of the night. And, um, but we're going to move on here and dive into the next declaration, yeah. which is on unity. So, Brad, why don't you take it away? From totally. Me? Declaration number three, because God's fame is amplified when believers love each other, I will strive, this is you and I trying to say that, I will strive for unity among all Christians on my campus. And the great question is, like, what's that look like? What does unity look like, and can that happen? And the, the, really the core verse where Jesus talks about it, not just some declaration or not just some words of men, but it's the words of Jesus. And it's his prayer. Um, and just seriously dive into this. It's his prayer in his last moments with his disciples on earth. So you got to think it's pretty important. You know, last, one of the last few things, it's a prayer, actually. And the last things that he's praying over his disciples and the people when he's leaving them after he spent so, many time, so much time investing in them, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. 
I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am, I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. That's awesome. We'll get back to that. I've given them the glory that you gave me. Awesome. That they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. That's awesome prayer. And that's Jesus' heart for you and I. He came, the Son of God, creator of everything, gave his life for you and I so that you and I might know him. And this is his heartbeat for us. We should be quick to listen and hopeful of it happening in our lifetime. And a couple things. The first one is that they may be one. That was his hope, that they may be one. And then a couple questions. Is that characteristic of your relationships? That's one thing we want to put before you. And the other thing that he says is there, so that they may be brought to complete unity. What needs to happen in your relationships to bring stuff to complete unity is the next point that's coming up. Um, That's his prayer, that they may be one and they, they may be brought to complete unity. And then when you get being one in the complete unity, it says that the world will know. And that's our hope, right? That Jesus be made famous. That it's not just like we just come together and sing a bunch of songs and feel good about ourselves and be like, 10,000 reasons for my heart to... I shouldn't sing in front of you, but um, that's our hope. Is we want the kingdom of God to come to people's lives. The joy and the grace that he has to offer. That he's the only name by which people can save, be saved. And he's the only thing that will last forever. And we want the world to know that. And how does that happen? Jesus is saying is when believers live out, live their lives out in unity. So, Brad, how, how, what's that look like? Yeah, and I, I, it's that question right there. What needs to happen in your relationships to bring them to complete unity? And this is really a bigger question for the body of Christ. And um, we were preparing last night. And uh, I got to, Louie popped into our meeting. It was really, really cool and uh, just to get to see him. And he had this phrase that he always said that I remembered that he would go talk to college pastors about. And he would say, it's, it's the difference between oneness and sameness. It's the difference between oneness and sameness. And this passage that we just read, this prayer was all about being one. And see, sometimes in the body of Christ, we like to be unified with the people that are the same or the ministries that are the same. You know, you can do that in worship. You can talk about different worship movements going around in the country. You know, whether it's Passion or Bethel or Hillsong or or Elevation Church in Charlotte. Whatever it is, you can talk about different churches and be like, ah, they're really, really cool. They're doing this cool stuff. And it's all about the same, about being the same. But see, but, but Jesus wants us to be one. And so that's embracing diversity. And what that is, when I mean diversity, I'm talking about different ministries. I'm talking about different ministries that have different philosophies or different strategies, different styles, because we're the body of Christ. And at the end of the day, oneness is all about proclaiming Jesus. Yep. And see, I, I can celebrate Brad Jones. I can celebrate Passion City Church. I can celebrate everything about the Passion Movement because it's all about Jesus. And that's what I want to be about. And hopefully that's what you want to be about. And that's what we got to get behind 
in the, in the church, in the churches, that we're celebrating Jesus, and we want to we do that for everybody that's celebrating Jesus, then we're on their team. We're like, right on. I'm with that. I hear you. Go for it. Maybe not the way I would have gone for it. Maybe not the, what I would have done, but I, I'm glad you're doing it because you're doing it way better than I could have done it. Yeah. It's about being one. Sameness. Brad and I get competitive in case you can't uh, yeah. tell a lot Well, and a lot of things. Yeah, um, I don't want to talk about this right now. Yeah, you know, no, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying I mean, to bring it up. Basically, yes, he's beaten me at a few sporting events, you know, and I'm not real happy about it. But just let's just move on. Yeah, yeah. but but sameness. Here's what happens with yeah. sameness. When you're doing the same thing, sometimes and you. But hold on, before you, I did beat you at golf. Uh, okay, 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 I did beat you at golf. So that's one. Okay, keep going, keep going. In keep Hawaii, going. by yeah. the way. Yeah. So, so. Uh, anyway, that was kind of crazy. Um, but I'm a terrible golfer, and I had him fooled for a little while. Yeah. But, beat me at the mechanical bull. Recently? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay, we're going to stop with the competitive stories. But, yes, that's true. I'm glad. I Beat Louie at the mechanical <laughs> so, bull. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. The thing about Did not beat sameness, Crowder, though. Did yeah, you beat Crowder? Um, anyway, we're going to keep going. So, um, the thing about sameness is you sometimes get competitive when you're, when you're trying to do the same thing. And it's like, man, they, they're good. We like them. They're, they're cool. But, man, our stuff's better. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we do that in college ministry. You could tell me what's going on in the city in college ministry, and you can tell me why you go to this thing on Thursday, and you go to this thing on Sunday, and you're here on Tuesday, or sometimes you're over there on Tuesday or whatever, and you go to what you think is better, okay? But that's not really about oneness. And oneness is about, hey, I'm celebrating them, and I, I love passion, and this is what the foundation that passion gave me, it gave me a love for the kingdom and for people who are doing ministry. It's like celebrate them. And so what this needs to happen in your life, what needs to, the way you can live this out is the first thing is that you have to resist the temptation to compare. You have to resist the temptation to compare. When you start comparing your experience here to another church experience, it's not doing the kingdom much good. So don't compare. Now, you can make your choice on where you want to go to church on your comparison. That's fine. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it doesn't, it's not helpful when you start talking negatively about another brother or sister or church in Christ. That's all I'm saying. Moving on. Find the good in others and celebrate. Find the good in others and celebrate. And that's what we got to do to be one. You got to celebrate Jesus and what he's doing in other places. It's that simple. It's that simple. Yeah. And that's, that's what needs to happen. I don't know if you have anything yeah, I'd to, love add, to add just to that. Back around, you know, we're all in this room, and Brad and I were talking about this yesterday, just think about, wondering about how many college students and 18 to 25-year-olds are believers in this city. You know, it's really awesome that you get to be in this moment in your life in Atlanta, Georgia. Like, just be thankful for that. Like, you get to be a part of what God's doing. But it's like, there's a lot which is awesome, but how can we get from just large churches to a serious movement in this city of people coming to know Jesus, of people knowing that not just which, you know, church we go to, and that's what we're known by, but what if you and I walked with this heartbeat of it's not about names, it's about the name, and my hope and my prayer for my life 
my hope and my prayer life, for my friend's life and for my other friend's life and my pastor's life is that we would all be known by Jesus. And people would know, hey, they love Jesus. And they got something going on that I don't have, so I want to know what they got going on. And I want to know this Jesus person. And what if, what if a movement happened, like something we couldn't explain? It's Spelman and Georgia State and Georgia Tech and Kennesaw and Oglethorpe and Emory. And I'm left 10 out, but students coming to know Jesus because the way that we lived our lives proclaiming Jesus. And that's what we were all about. Man, that, that is so awesome. And that's exactly where we want to end. And we're going to wrap up with this and we're going to just pray. But there's a closing statement here. It's, uh, God, give me a desire to lift up your name above all other names. And that's what it's about. Mm. It's about the name of Jesus above all other names. Mm. That's what it's about. And Brad's right on. And we've been talking about this. And we started the whole series on this thought. It's about a movement. And I'm telling you, I want our generation to be a part of a movement. And I want to see a movement in this city. And if it's a true movement, it's not just going to happen here. If it's a movement of the Holy Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit of God doesn't just pour out and say, I'm only going to give it right there. If he's going to pour it out, he's going to pour it out everywhere. And so my question for us tonight is, are we ready for that? And are we ready to embrace that and say, hey, I want to be a vessel and I want to follow him and I'm going to commit my life to doing that. And so we want to see a movement here. So we're going to pray, one, that, that we would have a desire to lift up God's name, Jesus' name, above all other names. And that means that our, the name of our thing, whatever we commit to, whatever we're going to be a part of, gets really, really, really small. That's good. And his name gets really, really, really big. And that's what we need to be about. And that's what I want you to be about. So I hope you get that tonight. We got to pray because we got to get the band back up here and get out of here. Or else the shuttle's going to leave without you. So it's probably stuck, in, tra- it's probably stuck in traffic anyway. Yeah. But, um, so, but uh, we're going to pray together. Brad, I would love for you to, to yeah. pray. And I want all of y'all to pray too. Yeah. And uh, one, I want you to pray for maybe your church or a church. And then I want you to pray for unity in the city, that we would see a movement as well. But Brad, why don't you lead us out yeah. here? Can we all stand up? Would you guys mind standing up with me? Awesome. Jesus, we just praise you that we get to be a part of your church. Just thank them for that in your own heart, that we get to be a part of your church, your body the thing you gave your life for. The way you're showing your glory through the world, you say through Paul in Ephesians that, um, that your glory be named now through the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. And so, Lord, I just pray for this group of believers here. And I just pray that your name would rise above all names, their own name, our own names, our church's names, our school names, our sorority names, our sports names, our, you know, major, whatever it is. May your name rise to the top. And may a a movement through our unity spark a movement of people coming to know you and know about you. Jesus, I pray specifically for Brad and this team and this group, Jesus that your Holy Spirit would continue to pour out favor. Lord, as they seek you, as they trust you, as they live for you, Lord, may your Holy Spirit 
be doing something in him that is in here that is so beyond their own power, God. It's a move of your spirit. May we, we just pray that out over all the churches in this city, all the campuses, just a move of your spirit, an outpouring of your spirit, God, so that people would know you. Father, I just agree with that and um, just say yes to that prayer, God. Mm-hmm. And say, so let it be true tonight, God. And God, we do, we long for a movement, God, to happen on our campuses in the city, God. And I pray that these students, they, I pray that you'd awaken their hearts and open their eyes to see, that, see your potential in them. Yeah. That they would know their God-given potential today. That you care about them, that you love them way more than that they ever would even know. And that you've gifted them in a way that they have no clue what you want to do in and through them, God. But you want to carry the name of Jesus to the campus, but you want to make Jesus known in the world through them and through their lives. And so I just pray that you would mature them, that they would come to know you more, that they would be complete in you, God. And that we would see a movement happen in the city. And Father, I thank you tonight for Brad, and I just thank you for his heart, for you and for the kingdom. God, I thank you for the way you've wired and gifted him. And it's amazing to see what you've done in and through him, God. And I just pray your blessing, your your power in and through him to continue to pour out, God. I pray your protection over him and Brittany as they continue to do great things to serve your kingdom around the world. And Father, we just lift up Passion City Church and the whole Passion Movement to you, their whole team. And we thank you that they're our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we celebrate them tonight because when we celebrate them, we're celebrating the power of Jesus Christ, God, and what you're doing in and through them, God. And we are one, God. And we just say that publicly tonight because we are about you, God. So help us to be more and more and more about you for your name's sake, God, for your renown that never, ever fades away, God. We love you tonight. We thank you tonight. In Jesus' name, come, Lord Jesus. Amen.